Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. If you'd open your Bibles to Acts 5, 27 through 42. In the setting of this passage, the disciples have taken up the Great Commission, have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and are being Jesus' witnesses throughout the regions. They're making disciples. They're spreading the name of Jesus throughout the regions. And people are coming into the knowledge of the gospel and being saved. The disciples are going out and working miracles and being the hands and feet of Jesus. And they reach some opposition by the religious leaders. And in verse 27, it says this, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. I love, can we stop right there for a second? I love this scripture so much because it's not just the believers. It's not just the disciples that are reporting that the name and the gospel is being spread around. It's the opposition now. The religious leaders are saying, look, we know you're spreading the name all around this region. They're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Spread the gospel. Spread the good news and the Great Commission. And the opposition is recognizing. Isn't that powerful? Come on. I don't know if that stirs your faith. It stirs mine. Verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When hearing this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Hamiel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. And what he does in the next couple scriptures is he explains to the men of Israel, he says, listen, people have tried to oppose them and they've been shut down. Even a person raised an army of 400 people and they were eliminated because they tried to oppose the work of this. And we pick it up in verse 38. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go for their purpose or activity. If their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, but if it is from God, can we say that together? But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. So how do we live God's way? How do we live with the, but if it is from God kind of power? 
How do we live with this kind of faith? I want to preach a message that I've titled Active Faith. Active Faith. Living out the unstoppable power of God in the Great Commission. Are you with me today? Let's pray over the preaching of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, that it's speaking to us today. That even these stories from thousands of years ago can minister to us today and speak to us and encourage us and spur us on in our faith. Lord, I pray that you will encourage us and help us to be all that we were meant to be. Let us leave here forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen, amen. Valentine's Day was this last Tuesday. And uh, let me tell you, Valentine's Day is an absolutely great day if you want to see a little bit of love around the area. I mean, I, I opened my Instagram, and, and I started scrolling through, and I started seeing all of these pictures of people that were in love that I follow. You go to Facebook, it's all the people posting pictures of their significant other, you know, on their Instagram. It's like a very sappy day of love, you know what I'm saying? Like we're being led into someone's life, and, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's awkward, and that's okay. I have a couple examples from people from our team uh, that wanted to post. We got Tyler and Caitlin Hansen. They're, it looks like they're at Disney World with some Disney ears, just fully in love. I love it. Tyler's uh, the guitarist who's always playing right here. Oh, yeah, go to the next one. Why not? That's awesome. Oh, this is Kennedy right here. Uh, Chris posted about Kennedy, and, you know, it's just kind of a rule of thumb that when you, uh, you know, when you get married, within, like, the first three years of marriage, you still always have to just post your wedding picture on Valentine's Day. Like, you have no other pictures to post other than that one because of how much work went into that day. Go to the next one. This is so sweet. You got Jordan and Cassidy with their big-cheeked little baby, Ezra, and uh, I just love all the love that's being shown here. Go to the next one. Oh, Bobby Walker posting Kenzie Walker, just my sunshine bound. Oh, come on, Bobby. You get it, dude. Go to the next one. Oh, Cody and Caitlin, you guys don't really ever get to see their faces, but they're our production coordinators. They are always in the booth, and uh, they're madly in love. They got married this last year, and they're amazing. We love them so much. Go to the next one. Uh, this one made everybody look bad, I'm going to be honest, because uh, I just got my wife some, you know, some balloons and some chocolates, and Eric decided let's go live out a Nicholas Sparks movie and get on the beach and, like, high-five my wife on a horse. Like, thanks a lot, Eric. I really appreciate it your help in my marriage. Uh, go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, Bobby decided he was going to post about his dog on Valentine's Day as well, so it got a little bit weird, but that's okay. We still love you, Bobby, and your, your dog. Go to the next one. All right here. Come on, the Vasquez family. We love these guys. Johan's the best cook in the business. Come on, so much love. Go to the next one. I love it. Oh, Josiah and Sophie, go to the next one. These guys are beautiful. Uh, this one's a little interesting because uh, you don't see a lot of people uh, post a solo post on a Valentine's Day. But you know what's happening here is uh, Mr. John Vasquez over here is looking for a lover. So uh, he is single, as you can see in this photo. And uh, he's also a fitness guy. So if you're looking for that kind of guy, uh, you got to do the unconventional means. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, go to the next one. Oh, we got Jonathan and Nancy. I tell you what, they always have a professional photo shoot photo to post, you know? I'm like posting my iPhone pictures. They're like, we're sitting in our studio posting our pictures. So much love in them. I love it. Go to the next one. Oh, and then Bobby decided to post about his mom, too, on Valentine's Day. So he just went full send. We love you, Bobby. We love you. I don't know where you are, but we love you so much. So much love. Beautiful day. 
How many of you know that if the only love that these couples have shown was a picture, their love has no foundation? If this is just a show, if it's just a picture, it's not an active love. It's just a show. That word active means to be fully engaging and operating as. I love that picture. In the relationships, if you want to have a truly act, you know, active love, a true love, you got to be engaging and operating in this love. And when it comes to love, there's actually these things called the five love languages. Many of you have probably heard of these five love languages, but they're ways in which we as humans receive and give love. And, you know, some of them are stronger than others, but all of us really love to receive love in all of these five ways. You know, some stronger than others, that's okay, but there's a structure to it and there's power to it. The first one is words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts, quality time. And a side note, really quick, some relationship advice for everybody out there. I want you to understand that communication is the support to the five love languages. If you're trying to utilize the five love languages, yet you don't have good communication, they will always fall short. Communication is the glue that will hold all of those love languages together to where you're properly loving them in the way that they want to be loved. That's just a little side note right there. Come on, I don't care who you are. But if your public love and affection isn't backed up by an active, a fully engaging and operational love, then your foundation is going to be wiped out from under you. You're probably going to see where I'm going with this, but in the same way, if our faith, come on somebody, if our faith, are you with me church? If our faith is only plugged in at a church service, if our faith is only plugged in for the social media posts, if our faith is only plugged in so we could take a picture of our Bible for devos and leave it there, and then we're not actually having an operational faith, an active faith with God, it has no foundation. It's just for show. It's going to be wiped out. See, what we do in this room should be the full display of our true individual active faith. What we do right here in this room should be the full display of our true individual active faith. That word true means in accordance with fact or reality. So this isn't a publicity stunt. This is an inside out kind of faith. This is a personal faith made public. This is a true display of faith. Are you with me, church? So how much more should we display that in every moment of every day? With our conversations with our disciplines, with our actions, with our words, with our decisions, with our evangelisms, all should be a true display of active faith. Church is not a recharge station. It's a collaboration of active faith to empower, equip, and release the saints. And of course, your faith should be encouraged in an environment like this. I know it, I get an encouragement when I see other people worshiping, when I see other people engaging, when I see people having just enough faith to raise their hand to say yes to Jesus at the end of every service. I tell you what, it's an encouragement to my faith. But it's not where your faith should be recharged. We've got to have an active faith, a true active faith. We've got to have an individually developed and cultivated faith and no one can force you to have faith. This is between us and God. This is your choice to step out. I want to explain the scripture a little bit. Acts 5. The 12 disciples are 
colliding with their true display of their active faith. They're standing there in the active faith, the thing that they've been cultivating and building and operating in has now come to life and they're being called on it. In verse 38, therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Do you see this? Even the teacher of the law knew that if it's not a true faith, if it's not an active faith, it will fail. He's basically saying, we'll see what the proof of their words is by their success or by their failure. Like if their words are true, we'll see what the proof of that is by their success or failure. I had a friend years ago who would speak so highly of himself and all these, you know, do, does anybody have these people that speak highly of themselves? They're like, I'm so good at this or I'm great at that game or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm great in this area. And he used to say he was great at music, great, great at sports, all these things. And I remember one time uh, I invited him to actually come snowboarding with me. And he had said, yeah, I'm a great, great snowboarder, bro. And he would tell me all the things he could do. And we got up on the slopes and we came over to the chairlift. I could see him kind of struggling to, to get into his bindings, but I was, I was like, no worries. I had been supporting since I was nine years old. So I was like, you know, just kind of like, okay, like you look, look like a rookie, but it's okay. And we came around and we got over to where the chairlift comes to pick you up. And he stumbled over there and I sat down on the chairlift and he fell flat on his face. And he, you know, went down and I just soared off into the mountains. And there he was just laying on the snow. And it was later in the day, I mean, I didn't really, you know, we had like cell phones at the time, but he didn't have a cell phone. And later in the day, I found him down by the lodge walking around with his snowboard in one hand and his hot chocolate in the other. And I called him out. I'm like, dude, you don't know how to snowboard. Like, you're false, man. You lied to me. He could talk the talk, but he couldn't walk the walk. And we can talk the talk of faith, but if we don't walk the walk of faith, it'll fail. It won't work. We have to have an active faith. We have to cultivate an operational faith. And if we pick it up in verse 39, it says, but if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Come on, this Pharisee, this religious leader who was honored by all the people there said to them, listen, if it is God, you won't even be able to stop it, so it's not worth it to stop them now. Just let the proof work it out. Let their walk work it out. And let me tell you today, come on, if it's from God, who can be against you? Nothing will be impossible with God. When we walk in our active faith, we see mountains move. When we walk in our active faith, strongholds fall. We see prison doors fling open. We see lost be found. We see miracles break out. When we walk in the active faith, who can be against you? So how do we make sure that we have a true active faith that leads us to have nothing being impossible for us? And just like the love languages, I believe that there's some clear action steps to truly have an active faith. See, throughout the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly uses action verbs to describe what it means to be his disciple. These instructions help us to understand the living, active reality of becoming like Christ. The living, active reality of having an active faith. The disciples of Jesus in this story truly have an active faith. 
have an active faith. So what is an active faith? I got six points for you today. Six points if you're taking notes. I'm going to go through these pretty fast. First is to follow him. Then acknowledge him. Seek him. Know him. Obey him. Abide in him. These action steps help us to outlive what it looks like to have an active faith. Follow him, acknowledge him, seek him, know him, obey him, abide in him. Come on, if you want to put the filter up of your life, do I have an active faith? You can look at this list and go, am I following him? Do I acknowledge him? Am I seeking after him in his kingdom? Do I know him? Do I obey him? And do I abide in him? These action words are the roadmap by Jesus to get us into the place where we are doing it in his strength, not ours. To ensure that our faith is true. So let's unfold them just a little bit. Number one is follow him. We have to follow his example and live it out. Our whole lives. We have to be willing to say, I'm going to follow his example. Follow the way of his life. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Do we see this today? He's saying, listen. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to do what I've called you to do, if you want to be activated in the Great Commission and love my sheep and love my people, you have to follow me. Every time when I get to a store and I have my four kids in the car, before we turn off the car, I turn around and I tell the kids, listen, you're going to follow me in, right? i got to herd them like sheep because obviously four kids is a lot of kids. You know what I'm saying? And so I tell them, listen, you're going to follow right behind me. Don't go around beside me. Don't go in front of me. You're going to stay right behind me. You know, follow me into the store like a little train, right? And what happens every time we get out? Those kids are just running everywhere, just, just going across, like running across the, the whole parking lot, and I'm searching for them. You know, it's a funny example, but we have to follow Jesus in the same way. His way is better than our way. When our Father has told us how to do it, we will follow him. God sent Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. He is the key, and we have the opportunity to follow him. Our, our culture tells us to go our separate ways and to go around him. Culture tells us to run across the parking lot. Culture tells us to run in front of him to try to achieve what we think is success when all he's saying is, listen, get behind me. Submit and follow behind me in my ways because my ways are better and my plans are better. We got to follow Jesus in his example. Amen? Amen? Number two, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him in everything always. Matthew 10, 32 through 33. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will also disown before my Father in heaven. See, when you attach God's acknowledgement to everything, it shifts your perspective and it shifts the perspective of others. Acknowledgement means to admit or accept the knowledge of truth. Come on, we have to acknowledge Jesus in everything in our lives. Through our provision, we have to acknowledge Jesus. What's our truth? Jesus. What's our purpose? Jesus. What's our title? Apprentice of Jesus. Who's our king? Jesus. Who's our provider? Jesus. We have to acknowledge in all moments to everyone around us, why is it that you are what you are and who you are and the provision you have? It's God. We have to acknowledge him in everything. Acknowledging puts the glory on God, not on yourself. Number three, we got to seek him. 
Come on, pursue him and his kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Weekly, I love to play hide-and-go-seek with my kids. They ask me all the time, and sometimes I get up the strength to be able to go do this for all the little times and play the make-believe game of hide-and-seek with my kids because every time that I'm the seeker, I'm sitting in the room, and I count, and I can hear them giggling throughout the whole house. And then my game is not finding my kids. My game is pretending like I'm finding my kids. I got to go find these kids. Like, oh, where are they? Are they behind that door? Are they underneath the covers? You kind of play this make-believe game, but when I hide... I'm like hiding in the ducks, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hiding in the dryer. Like, I'm finding any place that I can find. I'm laying by, I'm, I'm moving the fridge out, and I'm getting behind it and pulling it back. You know what I mean? They have no idea. And there's, you know, it goes on for a while. But it's interesting because oftentimes we think of God like he is hiding, that his kingdom is hiding, that things are hidden from us, and we have to go find it and uncover it and unbury it, when in reality, he's in wide open for us. Like your seeking of God is not like trying to find things about God. We have the fullness of understanding of who he is and what he's done for us, what he's called us to do right here. All we have to do is choose to take the step of faith to say, I'm going to seek after you. You're available. You're open. You're not even hidden. Like we know exactly where you are, God. We just have to make the choice to say, I'm going to seek first his kingdom. I'm going to seek first his righteousness. I'm going to pursue that with my life. Come on, number four. We got to know him. We have to have a true relationship with him and discover more daily about him. Matthew 7, 22 through 23, Jesus says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Come on, it's not, just, it's not just about checking the boxes and doing the things that we think we need to do. We need to have a true relationship with the living God. He welcomes us into relationship. It's the reason he created everything. You want to know why the lost need to be found? Because God wants relationship with every single one of his creation. He wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. He opens the door for a beautiful relationship with him. We got to know him more. I love talking to new dating couples, not Jonathan, because it's not his time yet. <laughs> but I love talking to new dating couples because you'll ask them questions like, oh, like, do you know their middle name? Oh, I, I should ask that. Do you know their eye color? Oh, I think it's, you know. But when you ask them a year later, of course they know their middle name. Of course they know their eye color. Of course they know more things about them. Why? Because they've gotten to know the person, over time. Our life should be a life of pursuing more about God, relationship with him, daily learning new things about him, diving into the word, diving into relations, spending time in prayer, having beautiful conversations with God, just being open. What do you want to say to me today? I want to know more about you. Know about more and more about your mercy and your grace and your love for me. We got to know him more and more. Number five is to obey him. Matthew 5, 19 says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be great in the kingdom of heaven. See, God is looking for our obedience. Even when it's not our preference, 
We give our obedience to display love for him, right? Obedience, get this, is one of God's love languages. Obedience, he's looking for people who are saying, I will obey your commands. I will obey what you've called me to do. And I'm gonna love you in that way. I'm gonna lay down my life to obey you. That's the kind of love that God is looking for us to give to him. And in Acts 5, 29, Peter replies, listen, we must obey God rather than humans. He gets it. He understands who he must be obedient to. He's not obedient to culture. He's not obedient to the leaders around him. He's not obedient to what everything else tells him he should do. He's obedient to what God called him to do. And six, and finally, and I'll invite the band up. We have to abide in him. Abide in him. I love to look at it this way. Dig your roots deep and stay. Get your foundation set. We got to remain and abide in him. John 15, 4, Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That word abide that I said means to remain, means to stay. And I believe that when we abide in God, when we remain in God, when storms come, you should get stronger. You should abide deeper and stronger in God because you know where your help comes from. Come on, like a solid foundation, we have to dig deep and stay strong. Even in the fire, we will still remain. Even in the struggle, we will still remain. Even in temptation, we will still remain. Even in the fear, we will still remain. Even in the doubt, in the opposition, in the hardships, in the trials, in the struggles, we will still remain. We gotta abide in him every moment, even when you don't feel like it. Abide in him. My roots are deep. Come on, we gotta follow him, acknowledge him, seek him, know him, obey him, abide in him. And the disciples in Acts 5 had these qualities. So when they got faced with this opposition, their response was this, Acts 5, 40 through 42. Listen, his speech persuaded them. The religious leader's speech persuaded all the other religious leaders. And they called the apostles back in. They had them flogged, why not? Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Try it out. If it's from God, nothing can stop it. Let them have a go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering for disgrace for the name. Rejoicing because of the hardship, the suffering, because they've been counted worthy. That's a strong faith. That's an active faith. That's someone who hasn't wavered, but hear this, I love this. Day after day, in the temple courts, and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, the world tries to stop us, doesn't it? The culture of our world tries to stop us. Oh, our flesh just longs to go against the grain of what this is saying. The father of lies, the enemy is lied through all generations that you won't find fulfillment in this, you'll find fulfillment in the things of the world. 
the disciples, because of their active faith, rejoiced in the suffering. And they went and did what they were told not to do. Day after day, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Proclaiming the name of Jesus. Come on, when your whole life is consumed with an active faith, your hardships will become a blessing. Maybe I should say that again. When you're living with an active faith, your hardships will look like a blessing. The suffering will show your truth. And you rejoice when faced with pain because you're doing it for the name above every other name. You'll rejoice. And because of their active faith, the lost were found. We gotta have active faith. It's time to turn this thing on. It's time to get active faith. Come on, we have to follow him, acknowledge him, seek him, know him, obey him, abide in him. Come on, and then every day, we gotta wake up and we gotta say, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna acknowledge you. I wanna seek you. I wanna know you. I wanna obey you. And I wanna abide in you. And even when it's hard, we gotta make the choice to say, God, I wanna follow you. I wanna acknowledge you and give you glory. I wanna seek after your kingdom and your righteousness. I wanna know you more and more today. I wanna obey you and show you love like that. And I wanna abide in you. It's a call to action, church. We gotta have an active faith. We gotta have a strong faith. God has called us to far too much to stand on the sidelines and be a water boy for the kingdom of God any longer. God is telling people it's time to get on the field. It's time to make a move. We gotta rise up with some active faith and we gotta make a difference in this region for Jesus. We're not coming here to get a pat on the back. We're coming here to get charged with the gospel of Jesus to say, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make disciples for the name of Jesus Christ. Would you stand to your feet? As Acts unfolds, as the story continues, the work is becoming too much for the 12 disciples. They're trying to do everything they can, but the news is spreading and they need help and they need assistance and people are feeling undervalued because the 12 disciples are spinning too many plates. And so they start to install different other people, leaders, people to serve, be the hands and feet of Jesus in those region so that the 12 disciples can just start to outwork what we have here. They go, we gotta focus on the word. And I wanna pick this up in Acts 6, three through five. It says this, that brothers and sisters, this is the disciples speaking, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. So first of all, just get this. The disciples weren't even looking for other people to lead unless they were full of the Spirit and of wisdom. That gives us a great roadmap to know what we should be pursuing. It goes on to say, we will turn this responsibility over to them. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. They had to write the scriptures and they needed people to come in and do this. And I love this verse five. Hear this today. This proposal pleased the whole group and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Everyone say full of faith and of the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry to continue to be the witness through Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They chose a man 
and six other men that were full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Do we see this today? Come on, the preparation ground that Stephen had enabled him to be the mouthpiece of Jesus. The preparation that happened before his activation was he knew, man, I gotta follow after God. I gotta acknowledge God. I gotta seek him. I gotta know him. I gotta obey him. I gotta abide in him. And I'm gonna do that before I have the platform. I'm gonna do that before I know exactly who my assignment is. I'm gonna have an active faith. I'm going to have an active faith. I'm going to be someone who pursues what God has for me, a relationship with him. And Stephen goes on through the scriptures to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and gets stoned for his faith. He had an active faith. He was willing to go to death to see the lost be found. This is the call. Every day, pick up your cross. Every day, surrender your life. Every day, follow, acknowledge, seek, know, obey, abide. Every single day. Would you put your hands out in front of you? Lord, you see every person in this room and you know where everyone is at in their faith. I pray, Lord, that today would be a day where they are encouraged and challenged to go and activate their faith like never before. We want to stand before you someday and hear more good from our life than the bad. We want to hear the account of the souls that were won more than the bad things that we did in our life. Lord, we want to reach people. We want to see people in heaven that we go, man, that was because I stepped out in faith. Lord, I pray you will activate everyone's faith in this room. Let us not live for ourselves anymore. In the moments of feeling selfish, in the moments of feeling like this is about us, let us get over ourselves right now, Lord. Lord, put us in the game. Whatever that looks like, Lord, get us off the bench and put us in the game. We activate our faith right here and right now. We say we are available. We are ready to be used by you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. We're going to activate our faith. Amen? Amen. I want to take one more second. Just ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. If there's anyone in here that you're hearing me talk about this and this is the first time that you're saying, I get what you're saying. I understand that there is a God who loves me so much and wants a relationship with me. You heard the simple gospel today and you would say, yeah, I, I want to give my life to him. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to have an active faith and this is the first step in that. I'm going to simply count to three and at the count of three, I'm just going to ask that you'd raise your hand. It's just an act of surrender of just saying, yeah, I want to take that step of faith. I'm going to count to three. One, know that God loves you so much. He gave his one and only son for you so that you could know love, so that you could know life in this life and in the next. So you could know freedom from your sins. You can know freedom from depression, addictions, anxiety. You can know freedom from all of those things. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You don't need to wait any longer. Come on, this is your moment to acknowledge that you want to give your life to Jesus. Whether you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand across this room right now? Three, if that's you. Come on, I see your hand. I see your hand. Hallelujah. 
Yes, come on. Thank you. I see your hand. Hallelujah. Anybody else? We'll give a moment longer. You want to give your life to Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Well, church, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one says yes. Can we just celebrate the three people that just said yes to the Lord? They just got their life on the right path, got their life on the narrow road. This is the moment. We're so proud of you for making that decision. And we're going to pray a prayer together right now. And I'll encourage you all to repeat after me. And this prayer is just a declaration to say, I'm going to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a brand new person and give me a brand new start. Forgive me of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord. Today I choose to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, right now is a really exciting moment because I'm going to ask that you hang around for like 10 more minutes. I know we went over, but it's, you know, it's church, whatever. We were, we were saying, your way is better, God. So we're just like hanging out forever, singing that. I challenge you right now, would you go outside and would you go to the side of the building and we have a baptismal tank right there ready to go. And we have five people that have said that they want to publicly declare their faith in Jesus in the tank. And also, I think there are people in here who just need to go jump in the tank too. And if that's you, I, I encourage you just approach Wayne while you're out there. He was the fancy guy with the shirt tucked in earlier. Approach Wayne and just say, man, I want to go in the tank. Uh, if you want to declare Jesus is Lord to everyone here, you get under the water and a new creation is coming out. We'll see you over there for baptisms. We love you. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church. 